0: Uh Uh-oh. Just got a bad feeling about this. No. Adam, I hope you can hear me. This does not feel like we're off on the right foot. Oh, Twitter spaces. Hello, Brian. Hey, I can hear you. Wonderful. Could could you hear me uh, concerned about bad omens? (sighs) no i think i came in, in in like the last
1: syllable of whatever you were saying about that
0: um oh it is your buddy lucas who is joined there we go hey hello hello uh, lucas adam said hey do you mind if my buddy lucas joins us he's at apple i'm like are we talking about the same lucas that i've known for 20 years it feels like we're uh, why would you introduce him that way <laughs> I, I was like he's not Cher or Madonna like I don't know that
1: Lucas is a sufficient naming, but I guess okay
2: one yeah, it only works with one word for the kid from the like 1985 movie <laughs> with the football
0: first, I was gonna make a Lucas reference, so thank you Lucas for beating me to that two I feel like I just felt like you would be a bit greedy with Lucas and like you can <laughs> <laughs> I mean like I I like, Lucas we're like we're friends, right? I mean, are we? Is this an intervention? Lucas, you're yes, you're, you're, no you're no still weird. muted. Sorry, I yeah. couldn't find I couldn't find the mic. Oh, it's the, <laughs> uh, it's the old I couldn't find the mic button. boy.
2: I'm also going through, <laughs> I'm <laughs> going through a
0: tunnel. You know you know one thing I miss is that hanging up has lost its social currency. You know you used to hang Absolutely. up on someone. Absolutely. And now that means you not, nothing. Now you
1: yeah, now you have to be like I am intentionally hanging up the phone.
0: I'm about to do it. Oh, damn it. Where's the, I can't find the button here. to hang up. It's like, where is the app? I got to return the call. I'm trying to, I'm going to hang up on you right now. And as a result, like my, my 17 year old now hangs up on me all the time. And I'm like, you know, that used to, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, he has no sense of like how a call should end. Oh, totally. We had a whole session at my house called the way you end
1: a call is by saying goodbye. (laughs) It, it did not stick because uh, no,
2: no. The way you end a call is by like slightly manipulating the capacitance across a piece of glass
0: on a rounded <laughs> rectangle. There go. All right, full credit. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we are uh, Adam. Do you need to check the recording, or do you? Recording looks good. I'm. Uh, but but let's go ahead. That's usually my little time when you go off and check the recording, and then I feel I've got the. But okay. So. Uh, um. We are here in part because we had this great meetup last week. We had the Oxide team uh, in town last week. And Adam, that was basically the first time... I, that's the first time I've been with that many people in the same room yeah, yeah, before the I, pandemic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was the most people I've been
0: in a room with that was not also an airplane. Yes. And we had... Originally, I feel like we did postpone this once, right? Didn't we have planned this? Probably we planned this slightly earlier. Or did we- I don't know. I think planned is sort of, I think
1: it was sort of like uh, we had, uh, we were all ready to go. And then... Uh, didn't feel like the right time. And then it was sort of suddenly the right time. And
0: so you went for it. Yeah. And I think that, it, and Omicron kind of uh, died down at exactly the right moment. We did have one false alarm with a, a what turns out to be a false, uh, a true false positive. So that was good. Um, uh, it should be noted with
1: a Canadian test kit. I just want to, for patriotism's sake, I want to note that. You know,
0: it's funny. I was actually not going to mention that because I was concerned that the Canadians would be upset. But it is the Canadian himself who disparaged the Canadian test. So I feel like, yeah, I feel that's an important detail. It's the Canadian test. That's right. That's right. And
1: they don't have HIPAA, so I didn't violate something just now, I guess.
0: That's right. I mean, Trudeau seems to just kind of let anything slide, honestly. He seems to be cool with it. We, we talked to Trudeau. He's cool with it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the first prime minister of Canada that Americans can name in a long, long time. I mean, how many prime ministers of Canada can you name, Adam?
1: Like Jean Chrétien.
0: Are you doing that for my uh, benefit?
1: No, no, no. I, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed saying Jean Chrétien for many years.
0: It's very impressive. The, you know, I think that may be that may be it actually for me. <laughs> Well Jean did I tell you walking walking on the street past Jean Crentier? Yeah. <laughs> no. The I I was in I worked in Ottawa and I was just walking down the street and Jean Crentier walked past me the other way. Which is like no one no one around him. I'm like, Wow, I guess that's that's the difference right there between being a prime minister of Canada, no kind of enter road. I don't know. Uh other sorry, Canada. Other than the uh the the, the Defective test. Um, we were totally clean from a COVID perspective, which is great. So everyone masked up, obviously. Um, but uh, great to meet everyone, how, to be in person. And I think I was kind of thinking about, like, boy, this is kind of what it was like, I guess, all of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, and talking about a little bit about remote work, because I feel that we are, and just to not bury the lead, uh, remote work, I think, is going to be, continue to be our dominant mode. Um, I think it, 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 certainly for oxide, if not in tech. So there's not some hidden call recall to the office here. <laughs> <laughs> I, did you see that Google did this? That they, and, and so and actually, Lucas, I wonder was Apple doing this? Is Apple doing this kind of recall to the office that we're seeing out of Google and Meta, which Adam has decided we call them Meta as to, to punish them. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, I mean. It's kind of an own goal um
2: but yes uh i think i can talk about this because any email that tim sends to the company is insta leaked and so yes we announced last week uh that we will be returning to the office um starting kind of titrating up starting april 11th and then eventually hitting a three two um in the office uh optional remote work model
3: it's already on mac I, rumors it was on it there three days ago Yeah, that's but, right lucas should
4: you say
1: t- titrating is I, a I, term because I, I heard
4: it's, it's it's sort of starting with
1: one day, building up some resistance to wearing pants, I guess, and then like going up to two days and, and doing that over a few months, is what I understand it. If that's what the
2: legal...
0: Is that a me thing or a Lucas thing? That's oh a Lucas God. Thing. He isn't a tunnel. He, he, he doesn't <laughs> really have ambivalence about our relationship. That's fair. So Lucas... He, <laughs> Is titration is, is I I latch on the titrate too. It's a great term. Is that actually in the email or in the language of Apple or is that is that a a Lucasism? Uh, it, it,
2: yeah, in the in the leaked email from Tim, um, that's uh, that's always been the plan to kind of ramp back up. Um, and you know they they refer to it as a hybrid model. I think you know corporate is still um, is still learning uh and still kind of gauging internal reaction and that's what, what i hope we get into tonight because i agree with you brian that um things have definitely changed i think if the pandemic had been like a month we all would have been like that was weird and kind of gone back to business as usual um but you know people have people have moved their families yeah. and they've gone to live the place they've always wanted to live and enough companies are like yeah we we can give you a job that's pretty similar to the one you were doing um that you've got a lot of leverage now and uh you know, and getting those commute hours back. I think a lot of people have looked at and said, Whoa, that's super meaningful to me. And maybe I can't work at the, at my dream place, but I could work at some place that's like 85% my dream place and be happier. Um, So it will be really interesting to see what, what happens in the next year or two as we all kind of, hopefully, um, you know, things start to wane and, uh, and we head back.
0: Yeah, so Lucas, maybe it's worth sharing like your story a bit in terms of working in an office versus working remotely. Because you are now working for Apple, but from Maine, right? Yeah,
2: that's right. Um, so I was remote before it was cool, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the, the basic story here is um, in twenty, the end of 2011, beginning of 2012, I joined a startup, um, and uh, we eventually, like, very long story short, we eventually um, exited to Apple and became part of, uh, became part of Siri. And uh, I did that from the Bay Area. I've been in the Bay Area uh, since 2001 um, with a with a gap in there where I, I moved to the East Coast, but then was back and um, did it for about a year. Um, and then for family reasons, uh, my wife and two kids and I moved back um, across the country, but I had it worked out that I could continue to run my team uh, from the East Coast, um, and in the in the before times, that re- that required, uh, I, well, I actually, I guess it still does. It required, like, director or SVP-level kind of approval um, in order to do that. Um, and Apple, in particular, um, is, um, puts is... a lot of emphasis on... Oh, I'm getting an echo of myself. There we go. Um, puts a lot of emphasis on, uh, you know, kind of the water cooler conversation. Um, you know, obviously, there are parts of Apple where you need a soldering iron and a lab bench to uh, to do your job but a lot of people that do software too, but the the same emphasis on in-person collaboration has been there, you know, regardless of what part of the company you're in. Um, And, uh, but be that as it may, kind of carve out a, um, uh, you know, a niche for myself where I run my team, um, there are about, I think, 13 people um, that work for me. And we um, are split Mostly between the Bay Area and Seattle, with me kind of as a as a singleton um, on the East Coast, and again in the before times, I would I would fly back west um, probably every five weeks for for a business week or so, um, and it seemed to be a model that works pretty well, um, you know. And for the past uh, I guess two years now, we've all been an identically sized rectangle on screen, um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when you know folks are co you know co-located again, but. But it was always the case that somebody was dialing in from somewhere. Either somebody was at Apple Park or somebody was in Seattle or, you know, going into the San Francisco office. So we have kind of been in this hybrid remote work model for a while. Um, And I think folks are coming, kind of coming around to to realizing that.
0: All right. So, Lucas, I'm dying to ask you this because I was similar hybrid local remote at Joint for many years. So we had... Um, about a quarter of the team, a third of the team uh, in San Francisco, two-thirds of the team, three quarters of the team remote. Uh, and definitely a lot of our growth was remote. And I really thought, I'm like, part of the reason when we started Oxide, we were hybrid, local, remote, because I knew, like you, I had done that model, I knew how to make it work. Post-pandemic, though, I realized, like, oh, wow, there were so, like, I thought it was true hybrid, local, remote, But there are so many things that we did post-pandemic that really, truly enabled remote work that we were not doing before that, that when I look back at the before times, I'm like, it was a lot harder to be a remote worker. And the remote experience at Joyent is very different than the remote experience at Oxide. Is that your experience as well? I don't
2: have a ton of uh, stuff to compare it to, I guess, now that I'm thinking it through, because we were always split. Right, so I was always dialing into somebody else's you know video session. Oh, right. Um, so, and it was very rare that more than two people in a you know in a three or four person meeting were were co located. Um, so I think we were kind of doing it from the beginning. Um, and honestly, the thing that makes me I see a couple of other Apple folks have joined as well. Um, something that makes me a little bit uh, concerned going forward is really the conference room booking situation that was like the toughest part of all of it like right now i can just say you know dial brian and adam and we can we can have a meeting um but when you're in an you know in open floor plan office situation you actually need to you know secure real estate in order to have those meetings um so i think i think it's going to be harder
5: Um, And and how much worse were those meetings just to be clear like when some people were dialing in from a meeting room and they were Approximately 20 pixels worth of face on your screen, um, and they were talking to a microphone that was on the other side of the room. How much worse were those meetings for you?
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly right, and because you know the nuance and 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 uh, kind of sub subtext that goes on um, when you can see somebody's face in you know sufficiently high resolution is a is a very different thing than uh, you know one of three people in a you know they're not directors of photography setting up these. Um, <laughs> these teleconference rooms um, and the lighting is bad and you know, you can't, yeah, it's, it's super not ideal. You might as well, you're better off on the phone, I think.
0: Oh, so I'm not sure if I'm following Ian's point or not, but, it, and maybe to clarify, I'll offer my own position on this. The one thing that I am never going back to is just meetings in conference rooms, because especially once the number of people becomes even modest it is way harder to read everyone's body language at once in a conference room. And it's it's much, much easier on a meet screen. Maybe this is a controversial opinion.
2: No, I, I think just... I agree with that. I, I don't know. Well, Ian, you speak for yourself. But I think your point was more like, hey, the, just the sheer geometry of the camera and the amount of space somebody's occupying on the screen, it makes it impossible to, oh, I to figure out what their take is. Ian, yeah, that
5: that's, that's that's definitely a big portion of the of the complaint uh, and or the observation um, the other the other piece is just when you have um, one person who is on a television on the side of the room and everyone else is in a meeting room there's a really big big disparity in ability to to like interject and and uh, and be uh, present and part of the the flow of the conversation um but it's it's still you know even if you have one or two people in a meeting room and the rest of the people are on a screen it's still a degraded experience it's just not it's not as good as just having those people dialing from their laptops at which point you're like what the fuck are we booking a meeting room for? This is silly.
0: It, it, totally, Well, I feel this way. So, it, so Steve's on, and Steve is often at the office, and I actually find it easier when he's dialed in from the conference room. Yeah, he's so the the pixels are so small, it's just harder to harder to get a read on. And I I also find that we've now adopted the and of I what I'm dying to ask you if you. Found this as well. We now adopt like really exaggerated motions, like the exaggerated thumbs up. Like, surely this is not just an oxidism of people like really sticking their thumb like right in the camera to know, like, I agree with you. Or the like, can you see
2: my screen? Right. Can you see what I'm sharing? Can you see what
0: I'm sharing? What I'm sharing? Right. But, 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 in terms of like when I agree with someone or when people agree, they give a thumbs up in a, in a meet. Adam, did you find yourself doing this in person? No. Oh, oh, I, oh, you mean like last week when we were in Like last week, yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know that that's carried over into my normal life, nor do I like wave goodbye when I'm exiting are, a conference room. Are okay. you shaming me right now? Are you saying No, me? No,
0: no. Did you I wave goodbye it was all right. at the end of a meeting? I didn't wave goodbye, but I gave like two thumbs up during a meeting. And then I kind of like discreetly tried to cover up my like, my, my, <laughs> so, like, my, my my brazen thumb. You tried to like fold your Fonzie gesture into something. <laughs> right. Well, And also like meat style. I'm like trying to put my thumbs up like right next to my cheek. Right. So it's like in the
1: frame. And like, what am I doing? You know, I'm pretty sure this is an Oxidism. But the thing that I was missing on the in-person when we started, when we had these m- meetings in-person last week was the sidebar chat. Because like yes, every, yes, every meeting yep. at Oxide is actually two meetings. It's like the the live video and audio meeting and then the the commentary meeting in the chat sidebar, like which is sometimes on point, sometimes just kind of poking fun at folks, and then sometimes actually just a totally orthogonal but equally valuable uh, meeting, which makes it extremely hard to follow. Um, but I found that not having that in person was sort of like
2: distracting it I I needed to reach for like a part of the one that you're talking about because what happens a lot um at Apple at least in my experience is you know we we work in a bunch of small teams and kind of work cross-functionally a bunch and so there'll be a sidebar going on on Slack with kind of like your side and ostensibly a sidebar going on on the other side um with with the other folks about the stuff that's maybe a little bit too um to direct uh, to, or like, how do we want to phrase this ask or, or whatever. Um, and that's something that's also very tough to do if you were all around the same
0: conference room table. Okay. So that's a, yes, there is the back channel. There is the, uh, and so Lucas in your back, cause we actually have one of these too. I guess this is like confessing to something that when we are together on a call with a third party, we are in our own back channel. Is that a great confession, Adam?: Am I, like, I don't think that, I think everyone assumes that, but I would this, say no, yes, that I is not
3: a confession I, at all. No. Lots I, of I, people do it. I, MST3K mode. Well
1: I, I also really enjoy when I'm only seeing the back channel and like not,
0: not participating in the, in the <laughs> meeting. <laughs> uh, we did have to put the back channel in its own channel because if you only see the back channel, it can be at times disturbing it's yeah it's like everyone's having a shared hallucination (laughs) that's right it's like we need to actually put the back channel in its own queer back channel where people know it's the back channel but i don't adam you say everyone knows there's a back channel we've definitely had meetings with people where based on their conduct they must think we don't have a back channel um i i don't know um but i don't know what that means but that sounds scintillating but i assume that you've said too much already I probably have. Um, I probably, I probably, but I'd probably. love gonna... to see the
2: back channel between you two right now.
0: Oh, the, <laughs> the, the, the back channel is on fire. <laughs> the back <laughs> channel between
1: us during these calls is always the same.
0: Brian uh, texting
1: me, oh, my God, Twitter's died. Can, like, can you still hear me? Has it collapsed? What's going on?
0: That is basically all of the back channel is yeah. like I am trying to get back in because Twitter has gone.
6: Uh, so-, so since you guys were talking about uh, uh, gestures on the camera and sidebar chat, I just want to mention that uh, for, for uh, people like me, uh, blind people, uh, dropping emoji in the chat would be more accessible than, uh, than doing uh, gestures on camera.
0: Yeah, interesting. I mean, I think that, well, yeah, and, and I think it, that, that's that's a good point, Adam. And it, it is um, definitely a um, a challenge in that regard. That you, but I mean, that's a, a and on the present challenge, right, in terms of uh, being able to discern body language when you can't see it. Hey, Matt, um, absolutely. Just
2: a quick question for you. Um, sure. We use a lot of people outside of Apple are shocked to learn that we don't use FaceTime internally. Um, we use WebEx a lot of the time. Um, and WebEx has this like ML powered thing where if you make a gesture, like a thumbs up, it will notice if you do it, you know, in the quote unquote right way Oh, um, neat! and and kind of transliterate that. I don't know if you've experienced I
6: I had never, way. I, I, I can't say I've used WebEx in many years. So, but it, it, uh, it, you're it, good it, had,
7: there.
6: <laughs> it had occurred to me that, that, uh, that kind of problem could be solved through, machine learning, analyzing the video. So the, I I don't want to derail your main conversation though.
0: Well, so I think, but I mean, it's a little bit back on point in terms of uh, the side channel is, so you've got the back channel. Okay. The back channel is not part of the meeting, but the side channel that is like, so in the Google meet, we are, um, we are having that side channel chat and is this an oxidism? Like in I, Oxide, it'd be, in, in Oxide's culture, it is not rude to be having almost a separate discussion in that side channel. Um, this is it's probably it's pretty it's
8: universal. universal. I do not know anyone who doesn't have back channel meetings. Whether Does that is water after a physical meeting, or whether that is chat during the meeting, or whether that's electronic chat during a physical meeting, which is kind of hard to pull off. <laughs> Well, yeah. Sometimes there's like
2: a follow-up that happens, right, in the side channel where somebody's like, "Oh, yeah," and I'll drop this link in, you know, the side channel so folks can go look at it, and then that happens, and there are questions about that. Um, but people don't want to derail the main conversation.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, that's how it's that's how it's basically used. It's used as like, "Hey, you know, someone may have mentioned something, and they drop it in, and then when and I know Steve's here and can, and can speak to this, but you know, when in in all hands, it's actually convenient for people to kind of drop in their questions or comments, and then Steve makes sure he's you know going back through that to make sure I I'll make sure I've addressed. It's like okay, ninety five percent of this is snark and, and is relatively easily.
9: There.
0: <laughs> yeah, the signal to noise ratio can be you know a little off. And so are, you, what's are you are you
2: using this evolving this, into the Twitch chat stream? Just the fact that you're all compensated adults.
0: That's right who said we don't devolve into the twitch chat? Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not sure where you got that I mean thank God you can like twitch the whole like uh uh avalanche of hearts what does one call that that thing is that a, does that have a name when I'm to
2: know the answer to that question
0: it's like this swirling tornado of hearts as people are liking things um it's I th- no we don't have that but if we if we did have it we would use it and then abuse it. So it's I'm sure the
2: person habit. who just joined a speaker with a Rick and Morty avatar
10: knows the <laughs> answer. Uh, I was, uh, I'm, I'm a biologist, but um, one of the neatest innovations was um, someone gave a pre-recorded talk, but then they were in the chat while watching yes. the talk, and they were able to answer questions without stopping the flow of the talk.
0: Yes. Okay. So I've done this too. I've also I've, it, it has also allowed me to hackle myself, which has been interesting. Um, so the I've done now two conferences where the the talks were entirely pre recorded, and then I was asked to be in the chat while watching my own recording. Um, I tried to heckle myself to get ahead of the hecklers. I don't know, Adam, what do you think about this strategy? I'm sure uh, you. I think that's smart. I think it's smart. I, I, it, it's you, you got to be a heckle forward strategy. Um, if you don't heckle yourself, um, someone that's else free. will. Have, what a handsome point this guy just made! <laughs> exactly. So, so, are man,
8: you right? intending You're to extend flame flame. this and present a pre-recorded hologram Cantrell in the future, uh, it, so that you can also be in the audience at the back of the house, screaming insults at yourself?
0: I, I am getting close to 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 my fantasy of actually becoming two-headed and having both heads begin to berate one another. So, yes, that is that's that, that's the trajectory we're clearly on here. Uh, so that's actually been really interesting. I've liked it, but I also have hated it as a speaker. I, I don't know. I've got such mixed feelings about it. I, I really, really like aspects of it. Um, as someone attending the talk, it's I really like it. I actually think it has kept people Jim, I'd love to know your take on this. I think the audience has been more engaged in the talk when they can have this side conversation that is germane to the talk. So I think it's actually better for talk engagement and for people absorbing what's going on. But
10: the, it, there were way more questions than you normally get. The speaker actually said you. Um, he was more thrilled with it just because of the questions and like it, it was just it was one of the best lectures I've ever been to.
0: That's really interesting and it was one of the best, best lectures because people were asking questions that they wouldn't have otherwise asked.
10: Yeah, especially ones that are like kind of dumb but like it wouldn't be worth interrupting a talk for. Totally. That was diffused.
0: Totally. And especially if you, got, if you have someone who actually has actually a question that they think is dumb that they're not going to ask but actually it's a really good question. It's nice to lower that. Yeah, that's a really good point. about, and, and that's probably true in the meetings that we have as well, just in general, that, that side channel. Oh, totally.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially when we have, such, we have so many different domains of expertise and even you know, where our requests for discussion number up to like 250 now. And so when someone just drops like a three-digit number, someone else being able to bring people up to speed, at least what the subject of that is or what the topic of it is to kind of
0: keep people in the flow of the discussion yeah i think so and i i think it is it's it often i think it is has really augmented and aided the discussion and i don't want to go back to not having it so like just like a it feels super weird to go into a conference room and just have a meeting it feels like it was disorienting
1: last week to just be like i am in a meeting and also like i guess i i get sort of itchy too like needing to do something or type something or look something up i don't know maybe this is my own problem but uh, just, I, I found it, um, I, I, again, v- very foreign to be in a meeting with uh, no, with like a single thread of conversation.
2: I feel like my meeting resentment has gone down a bunch since full-time remote work, because you can do that if you are stuck in something that you like, it would be perhaps impolite for you to drop the call or, you know, in real life to like get out and walk, get up and walk out of the room. But I can, you know, take care of some other stuff that needs taken care of while like keeping half an ear on what's going on in case I, in case I need to jump in, I feel like it's a better use of my time.
0: Absolutely. And I also, so this is as good a segue as any to something that we have done that I think has been transformative, but I understand may be very controversial for some we record every meeting. And that's been really, really interesting. I don't, I
1: mean, do you go back and listen to recordings? So I don't that often. I, I know that you do. And I, and, I, and, I, and I honor that. And I think it's great that we do record it. And I do go back um, often to meetings that I had participated in, but didn't have um, sort of like I, I'd forgotten some of the context or it was months ago or, or things like that. Um, but I don't listen to a ton of meetings. Um, I don't know. I guess just sort of like passively having it wash over me is different than like experiencing it
0: and being able to interact with it. I don't listen to a ton of meetings. Contrary to the perception you might have, but I do re-listen to uh, I, when I need to go re-listen to a meeting. I find it to be critical. Either it's and how often do you re-listen to a meeting that you were in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the time it's meetings that I was in. And to to your point,
1: I think like it is invaluable and something that I just kind of never did before, or it wasn't part of the culture of what we did. Um, you know, if you have five people in a conference room, there's no reason why you couldn't record that just for the five people. Um, And then, you know, there wouldn't be a discussion six months later about what
0: determinations you came to. You could just go back and and figure out what happened. It's been really useful to to do that. It's been the other thing that I have learned about myself that was actually honestly uh, disconcerting, but also an unavoidable conclusion, is that listening to a meeting that I was in If I am trying to get into a conversation, if I've got a point that I'd like to make, when I am, you know, waiting my turn and waiting for the kind of the right moment to eject it, just as we are here, everyone's being very polite, waiting their turn, which is great. But when I have a point that I want to make, it, I also could, even though I thought I was listening at the same time, it is, you are listening at a reduced capacity. Ultimately, like, at least with my brain, the 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 brain power required to keep that thought hot and ready is sapping some of what I would normally use to listen, and I would go back and realize, like, shit, I actually missed a really important point here because I was waiting to make my point, my my dumbass point Two minutes later, and I
9: thought, and I thought you were going to mention the thing you always do with your hand while you're waiting, your tell.
0: Why or you're are not you doing this? Can we not. mute him? Do we out? The, you know. <laughs>
9: How
11: did, yeah, how did how he, he even he get didn't
0: in he here? Poker next. Wait, wait, what? Okay, God damn it. I didn't approve him. I, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I know. We're victim blaming now. That's fine. The thing is, like, I don't even know if he's being, if he's pranking me or not right now. I know. It's just,
5: we're, we're through the looking glass. We're through the looking glass. He's not going to On re- the plus side, you clarify. can go and watch a recording and find out, right?
0: Well, I, on the plus side, on the minus side, I have to now go watch all of my recordings to find out. Steve, unmute yourself and clarify. Damn it! No,
9: that's that's not real.
0: Um, I, I was just <laughs> gonna say. The, uh, I, I
9: did. I did think. I mean, a couple couple of points that we already. But last week we had the whole team from Oxide out to Emeryville, and we we hoped we were gonna have the full team. And for circumstances that are beyond folks' control, there were a couple of people that couldn't make it. And um, just back to like, how do we record as much of this content that we're all here together for, so folks that can't be here can can participate, can listen. And it is true. I can't imagine another uh, having in-person meetings anymore where you don't have that side channel opportunity, where you're not you're not just having a meet or whatever the, the device is and recording. Um, in addition to enhancing the content, I think what I've found valuable is, as Adam mentioned earlier, when conversa- conversations are in chat are kind of going in a different direction, something that normally would be a question in a meeting that would derail the meeting, Um, someone else can take on that question and drive that to ground all while the rest of the meeting is ongoing.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Where someone actually, and then someone could be caught up or no, that's a very good point. Something that normally would have, and Lucas, maybe this drives to your point of like feeling less meeting fatigue. Maybe the side channel is part of that where some of the things that would be, that would have derailed the meeting now don't need to.
2: Yeah, I mean the whole like uh, this meeting could have been an email. This email could have been a Slack. Like you can handle those things in real time now if they come up and just say, yeah, okay, we'll we'll pick that up in, in Slack. Let's let's keep things moving.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. And the other thing I would like to just put a, a, a shout out for because I found it to be very useful. Um, so we do our all hands on Tuesdays. I found it to be hard to be in the office for the all hands because I was so accustomed to being to to being in that side channel. And when you're, like, sitting on the couches, you're not in the side channel. And the the thing that I, that, um, I found actually to be great, and, Steve, I don't know if you're using it at all, uh, the companion mode for Google Meet is actually pretty great. Google Meet is actually I – I shouldn't, like, jinx it because I'm sure they're going to end of life it tomorrow if I say this. But they've been adding actually some really useful features. Well,
9: I'll tell it's you, they, a- make, they make going back to Microsoft Teams extraordinarily painful. <laughs> you have to join someone else's meeting.
8: Microsoft sorry, Teams team. makes Microsoft Teams extraordinarily painful.
0: Well, and one of the
6: things that, you, <laughs> I'll that, tell that you Google Google Meet does, um, sorry, and, we, the,
0: the, so, what, what, one of the okay. one of the things that Google Meet does that is actually uh, really helpful is when you do record a meeting, that recording is attached to the calendar invite of the meeting, uh, and that is part of what has made recording every meeting be really viable because we can go back to a meeting. It's like I remember, remember it was very hot during that meeting, it's like, all right, so I'm going back to the August calendar and I can find the meeting pretty quickly and then listen to it at accelerated speed, which has been, um, so it's another Google Meet feature that's been pretty good. Sorry, Matt, go ahead.
6: I'll tell you the one one thing Microsoft Teams has done lately that that is uh, really useful for, for people like me is um, if if someone is pre- is sharing a PowerPoint slide deck during the meeting, they can now this uh, run the PowerPoint slide deck directly within teams. And it, it's, it transmits the actual semantic contents of the slides. So it's accessible on the viewing end as opposed to screen sharing. Wow. Now, that's
1: very really cool. That's now, presumably PowerPoint. Google
6: meet could, uh, could, could cop, could copy that feature using Google slides. Yeah. But uh, uh, zoom, is probably at a bit of a disadvantage there because they don't have that vertical integration. But I find Zoom the, to be
0: unusable. Am I the only, I find Zoom to so be a real I mean
6: But the point I, being that that this yeah you know, remote um that that's another advantage, at least potential advantage of remote over on site.
8: But like there's also the the analog version of that where you print out the slides and just like hand them around to everybody in the room. Um, Oh, and, I mean, as much as we like to all like dump on teams because
6: it's oh sure, I could great, I could ask like, the presenter to give me the up. slide deck ahead of time, but that doesn't allow me to be synchronized with where but, they are. In so I mean, for, for Go ahead.
8: person presentations have like is that not a common thing to just print out a copy for everybody in the room?
0: That is not
6: common.
8: It okay. used
0: to be.
2: I think back twenty years ago.
8: I remember
0: yeah. that for sure.
2: <laughs>
6: Matt, Matt it sure just... didn't it, <laughs> it sure didn't happen when I was at Microsoft.
0: Matt Holy is Bob Dole running for president right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you
8: know Oh, other Matt. We, 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 maybe Reagan is, I don't
5: know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Ian, you've had your head up. Yeah, I, I had a question about your your uh, on-site meeting um, that you had last week uh, where you managed to get the the whole team together. Um, congrats by the way. I'm I'm glad that you were able to do that. Uh, and do it uh, within safe boundaries and all that kind of stuff. Um, What did you prioritize with that time that you had together? Was it moving (laughs) forward work projects or was it socializing as a team? Because the Trello team, when it would get together once a year as an entire team, like all the teams together, uh, we would be prioritizing social time. We would have like a one hour all hands and that was the extent of all of the, work that we would do and the rest of it was all social time
0: that's a great question and obviously both are really important um the, the, the we and we were trying to do both we were trying certainly to get pe- people who had been working together for two plus years and had never met one another in person which also led to what do we call this like body dysphagia we have when you got like some lucas did you ever have this happen or maybe you knew your team well enough from the get-go where it's like
5: no one no one knows how tall you are if you're going to see like i've got four people
2: on my team that i've never met face to face um and now you know thinking about heading back and, and going to meet them maybe like in a park somewhere or something um yeah those things start to you start looking at like you know where's the banana for scale right like okay like who are you and what do you what do you actually look like because the perception that you may have you know put in your head over the past two years may be very different from reality which is actually kind of cool
0: uh- it is kind of cool i was i definitely i mean, again i've been working with people's heads for two years and just making up bodies for them and as it turns out due to reasons of camera angle or what have you I was really wrong in some cases, and then I was really concerned that like I'm giving this person a super weird look right now, and they're kind of like giving me the look, little weird look back, like are you giving me weird looks? And I'm not – like this is I- – I'm so sorry for all of this. I just needed to get like a full body. This sounds awkward, but can I get the full body photo before we meet? Brian, uh, Brian did you have to say, I had a
1: problem even with angles because everyone I'm looking yeah. at straight on. So even some of my colleagues who have been looking at on the screen for like literally two years – Just 15 degrees off-center, they were unrecognizable to me initially, well, and with masks on, but uh, you'd think I could
0: have put it together. Well, and then I made it much, much worse by getting the worst haircut of my life on Monday morning, and people being like, I don't really recognize you. Like, actually, I don't recognize me right now because this apparently someone who has a, a blood feud against me has cut my hair and has... So I was definitely. So you're so you're no longer claiming executive privilege on the haircut. So that's no 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 no. That's an open topic now. We'll just get that one out there. Enough people have asked me if my knife. You just tweet the photo, at Um No, that is not. That is an inappropriate escalation of hostilities. I okay, Adam. I want to remind you that I've known you for a long time, and I have a lot of photos. And if you want to escalate, we can escalate, but it's not going to end well for either of us. It's mutually assured discussion. Austin, you've got your hand up. Let's go to Austin. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Austin, what's hey, up?
4: Trying to unmute. So I, I've been working remote probably for on and off. The first remote job that I had was about a decade ago, working for an economic think tank that was fully remote. Believe it or not, um, pretty avant-garde and. Yeah, I've been working for years with people who were, you know, due to internet connectivity and stuff like that. We didn't do video meetings, right? And, you know, it's been interesting to sort of watch the escalation in the last three years, right, of everything that's become possible. Um, I think that doing it as long as I have, you kind of realize that some of the face-to-face becomes less important. I also work in information security now and half those people have duct tape over those cam- their cameras, right? So you get pretty comfortable just oh, talking it's to people yeah, right. who we're talking yeah. right now. Um, I think the technology has gone amazing. I think what something that was mentioned earlier about call recording is really interesting. I've worked in companies where it's gone both ways. One of my favorite things about call recordings that both teams and Meet have, now it depends on the version of workspaces that you're implemented on, whether you get this or not, but you can decide to have a recording transcribed. Um, and we actually have someone who's sort of like our technical writer of, of record in our team, and they will usually go mine important meetings that we have for documentation we want to create out of a meeting and using, we use leverage, very heavily leveraged meeting transcripts to create documentation exactly. for things that we're doing. And Google Meet probably has the best version of this because Google's transcription is really excellent. voice to text is really excellent. Teams does a pretty good job, though. Teams does a very good job identifying speaker um, for transcription, strangely, in a way that sometimes Google Meet is not perfect at. Um, but then, you know, within that, what I've also found, especially as, like, workplaces have started to recognize neurodiversity um, in Teams... Uh, I've worked with remote teams in the last three years where we actually had a meeting in a team's room and it was requested by a, a neurodiverse team member that we not use the dial in. And so we used the meeting to screen share, to whiteboard, to do different things, but the meeting was conducted entirely in text. And I think that's an interesting thing about the like sort of rocket ship improvements in these technologies that, you know, make it a lot easier for different kinds of team members to interact with each other and to sort of not be forced into that space. And the last one as a point is to say, I've also found over the years, the team behind me that as a primary speaker in conversations like this, having a team flow through that will share links that maybe I didn't think of to put in the document or something like that in the chat, that's always been really powerful, right? When we're coming to a chat as a group to face a different audience, And we're sort of all aware of the topic and somebody goes, here's this thing that's not in the PowerPoint that Austin's talking about right now, right? That may give you a point of reference.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And it's now the time to mention that Twitter Spaces, if you, can you please add a side channel to Twitter Spaces? Because I feel that we, I I, I miss it in the Twitter Space. I would love to have a side channel here. And it's annoying don't have it. Is
8: is the side channel to Twitter Spaces just Twitter?
4: It's vaguely comical because I worked with Jim about eight years ago and got the notification that he was in here and was like, hmm, this is interesting and hopped in, so we've been texting the side channel a while. <laughs> conversation.
0: It, it, they, Twitter wants the side channel to be Twitter, and I can, for reasons that are not 100% bad, they're only like 98% bad, but we actually need a side channel. I feel we need a side channel in the space. For this I mean, of stuff. you could
5: make a shared channel in the Oxide Slack and then share it out with whoever wants to join You know the yes if there's some obstacles to that but (laughs) yes so we'll call that a feature request for a dm group for the speakers a dm group for the listeners and then just general twitter but then it's also
4: not part of the conversation of record right there's an interesting thing about that space those spaces too. there's the meeting recording and then there's the conversation of record associated with the meeting so having it in a different technology like Slack or somewhere else it's good but it's like that's a that's a stopgap right that doesn't solve the problem of saying well if twitter spaces wants to create something valuable then like they should want to create something that leverages the ability to have the whole conversation be present
0: i absolutely and i think that the way twitter spaces replays the recording i love our recordings obviously but adam have you listened to any of the twitter spaces recordings yes i have yes i have I like the the fact that they can feature the speaker is really nice. Actually. Yeah, uh, no, the, the, they're good. Well, the, it'd be so, great um, right, if, they, if they replayed the
4: tweets at the same time, right? Like I, if the tweet. If you could watch it and have the tweets play out as the people
0: were speaking in the conversation that went along with the conversation, that would be really neat, right? As if it was flowing on the screen in front of me. So I w- yeah, so I want to go to Aaron. I know Aaron and Dana both had their hands up for a long time. So Aaron, I want to go to I, I want to go to you.
5: Yeah. So we were talking about not knowing how tall your coworkers are, this has real inclusion and diversity effects. At some of the larger companies where we've done a lot of research on what determines pay negotiations and bonuses, there used to be a statistically significant correlation between height and starting salary and between height and performance reviews. And that has largely gone away as people have moved to remote no longer do you get a exceeds expectations partially based on the fact that you are taller than the person who is evaluating you. Interesting.
9: Which I, was
0: probably not helpful signal anyway. Oh, I, I think as a, as, a, as a taller person, I would heartily disagree. With, <laughs> that. Although although
5: you're like average I am, for the
1: team. Uh, I, team I, I un- am
5: unbelievably tall. Crazily tall. Crazily I would tall. say... I would say briefly that it does cut both ways to some degree in that you get less office water cooler chat about the fact that this person thinks they might be underpaid but they feel uncomfortable about raising that in any of the company-authorised communication channels so they don't really have an outlet by which to discreetly ask a colleague or a co-worker like, hey, is this in, within the you know bounds of reasonableness or... Am I getting screwed? Well, I
1: think that's a great topic, not not even just on that note specifically, but I think more general, that kind of water cooler conversation. Before we get into that, I know Dan's had his hand up.
3: Okay, Lucas said something very early on Uh that reminded me of, no, this is a good thing. Um, It's a parameter that remote employees have to sort of tweak depending on their job and the situation. Lucas, correct me if I'm wrong. You said in the before times you would visit Apple Park every five weeks and spend a week there, right? Did I hear that right?
2: Yeah, give or take, but yeah, that's about
3: right. Okay. I have that as I have a word for that. I've been a remote employee of varying degrees for the last 20 years. I call that a pilgrimage. How often do I pilgrimage back to the mothership? When I moved out here to Massachusetts, that was Sun Menlo Park. And then it became Nexenta, and then it became Omni-TI, and then it became Joyant. But every remote, whatever level of remote I've been, I have to figure out how often am I pilgrimaging to somewhere. Now, for Joyant, that pilgrimage interval was six months, which I was kind of surprised at. I, would, I normally expect quarterly. But Oh,
0: that was th- okay, that was too infrequent, you felt
3: um it was less frequent than i was used to i didn't think it was a bad thing Yeah, it's, it's like- just a parameter i it's a parameter i need to negotiate and or discover right and Who do you synchronize those pilgrimages with? Just your team, some wider org? That's a damn good question. That's another thing to think about when you're doing that. Is it just your team? Is it a greater company thing? Hell, it might be both. Maybe your greater company thing does something once a year, and you got to make sure that the quarter pilgrimage for that one coincides with that.
0: Yeah, and then I so we at Joyent obviously we we tended to have a, folks come. We tended to do a meetup. I think actually six months. I think it was probably more like nine months to a year that we I <laughs> that kids for for meetup. I think it'd be overly generous to Joyent. Um, yeah, which and those times were great. Just like this this time, this past week was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do tend to be exhausting. I mean, they are off hundred percent on. And I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know you, how you felt. I mean, I definitely. I'm dead. If, I mean, it was right. just. Fuck every night.
1: I was just as tired as I've ever been. I mean, like four days in a row, putting on pants, leaving the house. Like, it was was
3: crazy. (laughs) Not even that, but like the intensity of conversations, the intensity of fun afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Now, I would also say that, and I felt this way too at joint, definitely at Oxide, because there was a somewhat infrequent cadence to it it does end up being a great and intense experience. Like people don't mm-hmm. squander it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, there was, I think the, the earlier question about how much work did we want to get done? I mean, for us, it's very, I mean, we're, we're doing something very aggressive. It was very, this could not be exclusively socialization. Ian, you were saying that Twilio, there's this emphasis on socialization as well, which we obviously wanted to do, but we definitely wanted to get people actually working together. And Adam, I don't know, after the first day, I was like, are we actually going how is this are people gonna be in like are people actually gonna like work versus this all this other important stuff that we need well, to do? You, you know, it's
1: interesting you say that, Brian, because I think I entered the week thinking, okay, these are the tactical things I want to get done, these are the things I wanna demo, these you know, these are the specific collaborations I wanna have. And then almost immediately, like almost when I walked into the room, you know, full of you know, forty plus other folks. I just wanted to, like, grab onto these humans and talk to them.
0: And Is, and is that because to... of my haircut, though? Isn't the, the first <laughs> human you grabbed onto me and the first question you asked yeah. is if my nine-year-old that cut my hair? No, the first question I – first of all,
1: first of all, that was not the first question I asked. That was only, like, the third or the fourth. And actually, initially, Brian, I just didn't I, – I was like, who is this colleague of mine oh, who I've God. never met before? <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, but, but I, I think it, it immediately it shifted not to, like – you know, just hanging out and getting coffee with folks, but a different kind of work, like the kind of work that that was small groups of people meeting in rooms and then grabbing other people, saying, hey, you know who else we need to include in this conversation? And that's something that I I think that we are not good at, certainly something that I'm not great at, of just reaching out and, you know, yanking people in, even though arguably it's easier online because folks are at their desks, but I think there is a hurdle towards yes. interruption that takes
3: yeah. some time to, to get over yeah. that. I think. Oh, sorry. God. Uh, but yeah, but, I, I, sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No. Okay. But it, it's that sort of jumped up activity that's different. And that's why I, a five week interval between pilgrimages seems a little intense to me, but that's because I know myself and I know my team and I know my situation. It's probably very different for especially in a everybody's at the everybody's at the office culture like apple but i'm curious if other people have different ideas of pilgrimage intervals or maybe like oh one out of the four i do in a year is really intense and then the other three aren't so bad for me
2: as an engineering manager my a lot of it is about the one-on-one time uh and and being there and not about like a big summit that we're all trying to get together mm. for although that happens too um but it's really about the, the personal connection, which I just, I feel better about um, in a room with somebody. Now, again, we've managed to make this work for two years um, the other way, but uh, actually, I mean, I guess one question I want to ask, and I don't know if this is the time for it or if we're going to go there, but it seems like everybody's been pretty pro remote so far here. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if folks want to play devil's advocate for a minute and comment on what we think we're losing by being, you know, by trying to be more and more remote. Um, and for me, as, uh, as a manager and trying to help people you know, kind of um, shepherd their careers as, as a big part of my job, uh, the one-on-one FaceTime is different for me if I, can, if I can be in a room with you than I can um,
0: you know, even over a, a one-on-one Zoom. Yeah, that's a great question. I know, Jake, Jason, you've had your hand up for a while. Tom, I don't know if you wanted to weigh in on that exact topic, but I, I think that that is, that is interesting in terms of like some of the things we're losing – I definitely or adam you might you, i know you like to think of the other side of this do you want to yeah i mean
1: uh, i i mean uh, i i see a bunch of hands up but i do want to speak to this specifically which is like i don't like remote work uh, and I, I i like it better now that i have childcare. care there, there was a, yeah i was a gonna long, say right. there was a long period of the pandemic where you know at any given moment a possibly naked three-year-old could come wandering into frame <laughs> including like during interviews where uh you know i needed to apologize to candidates just be like look i can't get rid of them until you wave hello so um like (laughs) you're like a
2: cnn guy but like so much better
1: (laughs) yeah be like look i just gotta you know keep the camera up high and and hope that things you know stay reasonable um but like last week being in person with folks just filled up my cup in ways that like it has not been filled in a long time like and I'm also, and I, I think it took me a while to figure out some, some tricks for re- working remotely. For example, I don't work on anything now, uh, unless I can, unless it really can't be avoided that is a one person project. Cause I yeah, just exactly. like die on these little islands. Yeah. Um, and I think that some of the nature of our work tends towards islands, but I've just realized that like, I just get stuck there and I just need someone who is in the shit with me on some of these topics because in, you know, previously you go into the office and at lunchtime tell people what was bothering you, tell people what was working, what was not. Bounce crazy you know. See someone wandering off to coffee, coffee and know that you could follow them and not be interrupting. Um, and it's taken me a while to even feel sort of comfortable. Um, but you know, I'm not sure I would have voted for. it. Conversely, uh, you know, the whole week I spent worrying that my dogs were going uncuddled and. That- <laughs> Uh, and, and you know, needing to like look presentable several days in a row. So
0: maybe, maybe I'm just not cut out for work. Full stop. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually just working from work that's the problem. Um, uh, Tom, yeah, go ahead.
12: Yeah, no, I, I, I call uh, wandering around, you know, physical people you know, sort of sensing the zeitgeist, and uh, you just don't
0: get that remotely.
2: It's and, different.
0: Uh, yeah, it's different for sure. I think you've got to create it to, and it's hard to get the entire, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if it's That's impossible, it's hard.
13: But but my,
12: my first uh, experience with that kind of thing was working for Nokia 20 years ago. And, you know, the center of gravity was Helsinki, so it was really re- remote. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up going to uh, Helsinki, you know,
13: five or six times a year just to keep up with what's going on.
0: Well, and I do think, and you know, it, just in kind of the way that you phrase it, and Dan, the way you phrased it earlier, pilgrimage, I, I do think that one of the one of the challenges is, that you always have, and I don't know, hopefully we don't have this paradox, but it's hard to tell, is this kind of asymmetry between those that are those that live close to the office and those that don't, and it's just it, it's very easy to kind of create an other. And Lucas, you must, I mean, you must see this with with kind of different geographies. And it's like people want to kind of recreate geographic-based civil wars. Um, it, it, I think that that can be a challenge. Just to get is to kind of not to allow some of these things to transcend geography.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially when you're dealing with time zone extremities too, because we've got yes. folks in in Europe and folks on the West Coast, right? So that's like a nine-hour swing between them. So like finding where you can align there is a you know kind of a scheduling trick in and of itself. But also, like, the times you can't align there, what can you do to keep um, kind of like, I don't know what the right word is, but like the, the confluence of things that need, need to happen to make everybody feel like they're part of the same whole, um, basically following the sun um, is, a whole, is a whole other thing, right? Those people will, ne- even if they're in offices, they'll never be together. So what is, you know, what needs to happen there?
0: Yeah, tickets
2: or is it just being smarter about how you organize? It?
0: Well, And I think actually time zone is a huge issue because that is something that you can't... No amount of technology is going to solve that. We are diurnal people. And I, I mean, for us, we are, we're we're Pacific-based. So even for... It, we try, I try to be respectful of folks on the East Coast, but we've definitely had folks interested in oxide from Europe. It's not impossible to work for oxide from Europe, but we've tried to make clear, here's what it will mean. It will mean that you you're going to have to be at some level nocturnal. It's not like, we, you know, I don't think we have meetings to death, but it's going to be, you're going to have to be comfortable. No,
2: but like the nine or 10 or 11 o'clock at night meeting happens frequently. Yes. On, at Apple, for sure.
0: But like, And that's we, our,
2: our, our
1: other friend who was going to join this call uh, on the East Coast and had to be on a different call at this time, like a, wor- a work call at 8 p.m. Eastern time, um, you know, without like, Having dinner with his family and tucking his kids in and stuff like that. So it's
0: pretty tough. So I want to get to to Jake and Jason. You guys, said Jake, you've had your hand up for a long time.
10: Yeah, apologies uh, there for going down and up. Uh, One thing that, like, it's a little uh, awkward for me listening to a lot of this uh, because it feels like so much of the conversation is just based around meetings, 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 meetings. And what I, like, it's funny because over the course of the pandemic, I feel like I've gotten actually worse at this, uh, possibly because of so many new people to the remote style. But the thing that has always been uh, the most successful on most of the remote teams that I've seen the most success is transferring to much more of an asynchronous work style where, honestly, your ability to write and your ability to document and your ability to... Ah. Yeah. Uh, bring things, you know, like, like bring people together in a way that does not depend on time zones. Yes. Helps a lot. And this isn't just so that, for example, you can work with people, you know, on the other side of the earth. It's also quite simply for the case of like, you know, maybe uh, you're planning on getting some of your work done that evening because you plan on picking up your kids at like two thirty in the afternoon. And does it actually matter whether, you know, you're you're present for that meeting? You know, like, I, I personally feel at least that the vast majority of decisions that are made in meetings, one, probably weren't decisions in the first place, like they were probably already made, and it's mostly just, you know, getting the information out to everyone. Yep. Um, and then also on top of that, it just all often feels like, frankly, people kind of come to meetings not prepared like like they haven't actually thought through (laughs) what the work is that needs to get done and so that happens in the meeting and 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 like yeah so that that, that's where i i to, to be honest i almost feel like the future of remote work you know going back to the the title of this isn't around the meeting at all or or anything like that it's how we we almost like potentially like, it, it's all about asynchronous communication becomes the primary and how do you become more effective at asynchronous communication?
0: Totally. So a bunch of terrific points in there. I, I think you're right. We are absolutely over indexing on meetings. I think I'm leaving the kind of the also leaving the implication that we do decide things in meetings. We actually don't d- deliberately do not decide things in meetings for all of the things you're talking about. So um, we've got a process, we've blogged about it in the past, um, our request for discussion process, RFDs, uh, definitely inspired by IETF RFCs, inspired by the RFD process that we developed at Joyant. Um, but we believe really emphatically, in um, arguably to a fault, um, in writing down ideas and not deciding things in meetings. And, just, and I actually think that there's a, right now there's a bit of a gap in the universe in that there, we are kind of kind of cobbled something together that's kind of between GitHub. And uh, we would we would like something that has the rigor of Git as a backend with an ASCII rendered backend that has the the, the collaboration of a Google Doc. Adam, Adam correct me if you...
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think Google Docs are great for getting multiple people on multiple keyboards and pointing out specific areas of concern and commenting around those. But then, you know, the the sort of – I mean, who wouldn't love a blockchain? Uh, like ha- having the, the blockchain of – having the immutability of, of GitHub uh, and being able to go back and see a an archive of uh, of comments and discussion, although GitHub kind of gets in their own way on this. But, yeah,
0: and there, there's, there's something that sits between those two, which is actually what we need. It's actually – I mean, it's missing the discussion right now. I feel like – we I feel improved on the way we did discussion at joint which I felt was a, a problem in the RFd process um, where the discussion was only in the issues the discussion now is in the pull request which is a little bit better but it's still it's it's not doesn't it's not right I don't think I think there's something better that is just doesn't really exist right now um, for us it's very important to ultimately have that uh, that blockchain I apparently need to call it <laughs> the it, it, but that's been a. I mean, I, Adam, I feel that's been a critical tool for us. Absolutely, S-
1: super important. And I think um, the other, you know, a couple of comments about uh, documentation rather than live decisions, and also neurodiversity. You know, I've I've worked with some folks who just kind of are are very uncomfortable uh, shooting from the hip in any way. Like they really want to look at the documentation and pour it over, and then come to a reasoned decision. Um, which I think, at, like when I was younger in my career, like was frustrating because I, I kind of like, you know that that live discussion and that live dialogue, but um, but I realized it was excluding for s- some folks who just couldn't participate or or didn't feel comfortable or didn't you know d- it didn't match their learning style their discussion style. So I think it's a it's a way of involving
0: more and different people in the conversation as well. It is, and then I think that the. The other challenge though, that we have now created for ourselves is, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier that we're, you know, deep into the three digits on RFDs. We're, I mean, hitting about to hit three hundred, and that has created, on the one hand, this kind of massive corpus of thought process. Um, some of it needs to be pruned and so on, but it also makes it really hard, I think, to ramp up in the company. Because oh yeah, I mean,
1: we're we're reaching escape velocity. We're like more words are going to be written than can be read. Um yes. So so knowing. Like knowing all there is to know is going to become untenable insofar as is currently tenable. But that, I think that becomes a problem of, of then, as you're alluding to, curation and, and sort of summary and um, and and different ways of educating people about the contents of those things.
0: Yeah. Jason, you've had your your hand up for, for a while.
11: Yeah. So this might sound a bit bolshy, but I would just like to ask if people have considered that whether they think the tech industry extends to the service delivery organization as well as the uh, product creation organization because it was interesting for me coming from an academic environment, which was a bit of a sheltered workshop uh, where I was surrounded by people with postgrad degrees. I got a bachelor's degree in CS and, you know, philosophy and stuff. And, you know, so we'd have these pretty intense discussions sometimes and we'd debug stuff, you know, looking over each other's shoulders and walking past people's offices in the corridor, seeing two people huddled over a terminal, you would sort of say, hey, you know, what's up? But um, then going to SGI, which was a very thin organisation in Australia with most of its engineering presence in the US, you weren't necessarily remote anyway, most of the time. Um, but then having been swallowed up by HPE and sort of pigeonholed in Pointnext as a screwdriver monkey because that was the bit I could do for them was to maintain the legacy in base, what you got to see was pretty much looked like a class division between yeah. the desked and the undesked, the <laughs> Taylor <laughs> who actually were expected to be pretty much un- uncontactable in Canberra a lot of the time because the DCs don't let you take the phones in and they're Faraday cages anyway. Um, and the people who actually ran them were all remote from Canberra. Even the team lead was remote. Um, so, in fact, the only collaboration that happened in the office was when we would drag ourselves into the hot desk because we were told, oh, you've got to turn up at work, you know, if you're not actually on a job. And uh, you couldn't actually do the bookkeeping parts of the job there anyway because it was like you want to drag two system board boxes into an office space through 100 metres of car park and stuff to, so that you can write some numbers down that you couldn't transcribe in the field and then take them to the depot. no. Um, so it was really only about command and control and yeah, um, basically right. calculating the load average of their, of their biological work units. Um, so <laughs> yeah. <Is that> a, <laughs> I just feel like biological work is that
0: was biological work unit on a slide somewhere? That's so much better bad. than meat space. <laughs> no. yeah.
11: so, so, and the I said biological work unit technical communication, just to point out that actually that in that required a huge amount of really conscious um, technical leadership, which I didn't actually see, um, which was that we were really atomized. And for instance, you know, there's an obvious thing that came out was a flash wear problem on the HP health processes, which um, they were swapping motherboards, right, left and center on blades. Um, And this thing came out where, hey, now this is a new orderable spare part. It's tiny. It's 25 bucks or whatever instead of a whole system board replacement because we acknowledge that we've clobbered the flash on a whole bunch of our ILOs on a whole bunch of blades at this moment. And literally, the way that that information came to our team was me finding it on the HPE tech resource, and then the way the information got to the other teams in Australia was my team lead or someone basically spreading it. There was no top-down thing. And then we never actually got sent the right part from Bangalore, and I would be forwarding this back up to them, and they'd be ignoring me each time. I was never sent that, ordered that part from the local depot. We kept it locally. Every time you got a case, you'd have to look in the back-end case and then order the part yourself. So, yeah, I, think,
0: you- so I, mean, the, I think I guess the, the, the question is whether remote work and I think, you know, for us at Oxide at the stage we're at, we're still obviously growing these functions. We haven't added them yet. But whether the in all remote workforce will democratize some of this where you are, you know, you may be. Yeah. As a, right. Yeah. And and I, I think also, I mean, directly connecting and You know, I would assume that some of this has happened as a result of just messaging and Slack and so on, but I'm sure plenty of folks are suffering from Slack overload, but being able to just directly connect information across the company and
11: not rely on kind of physical space to do it. You were kind of frowned on though if you went outside channels. And that was the part the other problem was that the very hierarchical nature of it meant you were supposed to escalate things through your chain and then they'd come down through the chain from above. Right, well, and, look, you, and you didn't you didn't have a bulky kind of slack that you could say, Hey guys, no one else is saying this, but do this so that you can save yourself, you know, a huge amount of time every time you're supposed to change a blade motherboard.
0: Well, well and so so to get a little bit dark, I mean, is this what is behind these big tech companies? It, 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 Lucas, you definitely don't need to speak for Apple, but you know, Google's obviously doing the same thing, Meta's doing the same thing. Is the desire to get people back into the office part of this command and control? I mean, is it because people actually yeah. work more effectively, or is it because I actually want to
11: be physically present with the people that work for me? I well think we'll it's for think much tech more tech complicated tech economic reasons. <laughs> yeah this is a thing where every time you suggest this you people say well that's ad hominem and the problem is that because you and especially if you're in a small place like i am all you can talk about is what you've seen and you it's a very fine line between actually being you know a troublemaker and being constructive when you start raising those discussions yeah fair enough austin I, I, you, you're really good in there yeah
4: yeah I, I think i think on that point and i wanted to go to one of the other things, but to the point that you just made, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think that one of the things that everybody forgets is that, you know, the FANG company is all these really big companies, big companies all over the world. They're the beneficiary of massive locally funded tax subsidiaries, right? So, you know, Google is beholden to tax agreements they have with the city of Mountain View. Apple's beholden to tax agreements that they have with the city of Cupertino. And all of those cities right now are in a panic because People being in the office fund restaurants that exist, right? Fund other businesses that exist because people are driving <laughs> to the office. Yes, I think
2: that's very real. You think that's like? You
0: oh, I think it's very real. I think no, no, I'm not laughing. Real? I, I'm laughing at it because of the number of VC dollars we have spent on Ruby's absolutely. Can't Fail Diner, the the diner next to us. <laughs>
4: absolutely, absolutely, and they Green day. I, appreciate I guarantee you, course, you that Google, in all the municipalities in which they've been given these gigantic tax breaks. The municipalities are coming back and saying to them, hey, I, I don't know how PG we want to be, but what the frick? <laughs> right? Yeah. And and that I know for certain, because I know some companies, I know certain companies that I'm bound by NDA, not to mention the names of, that have experienced that directly in their cities, not in the Valley, but
2: You really think a United $3 States, trillion company, right? so speaking as a <laughs> private citizen now, but like a really, you think a $3 trillion company is is bending over for Cupertino?
0: I, yeah, not, I get I'm not sure that's true. Not, not I don't,
4: necessarily
2: yeah. believe, but like in a certain
4: way. They also own tremendous swaths of real estate. That are
0: gonna I, want, know, gonna I, I gotta to tell money. you, I, I hear to the point, but I think the city of Mountain View is beholden to Google and the city of Cupertino is beholden to Apple much more than the other way around. I mean, I, I think that they would be delighted. I mean, I, I do but, kind of like this alternate reality in which the, the these cabal of small cities are actually sure controlling big tech.
4: But they are beholden only if the scenario in which people are in the office exists. If yeah. people aren't in the office, then they aren't beholden to them. That's the whole point. It's a global well, yeah, surface I, for I, these companies.
1: I, I'm much more likely to chalk this up to officious middle managers than this cabal of, of real estate, as Brian was saying. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I'd be interested to understand, you know, what the even for small companies, what the impetus is for bringing people back. And it, it, I, I think there are probably a lot of people who want to be back in the office, but there needs to be a critical mass to make that worthwhile, even for the individuals.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that, that for these companies we're talking about, they have spent a lot of time and money on a campus. And I think, I mean, I, what I wonder is if like, if they think, well, crap, if, we're gonna, if we work just as effectively remotely, as we do from the campus, like what does a campus even mean? I wonder if it's like if it's easier to recall people than it is to actually look your identity uh, eyeball in the eyeball and actually try to figure out what we're about. So one theory the I've heard, i oh,
2: sorry. One theory I've heard that is is interesting. And again, speaking as a private citizen here, um, is that <laughs> if you're a if if you're a leaf node um, in an org chart, you may have a very different vision of what it means uh to to be effective at work than if your entire life is meetings right where you're like i would like to be in the same room with all these people all the time and that's the best way to get our job done as opposed to what i need is like uninterrupted flow state time in order to you know make happen what i need to make happen um and is that the disconnect between you know larger companies saying hey return to office um and uh, a lot of rank and file folks saying no this is actually better
0: yeah um i want you at some point lucas i would be speaking i I, would you still be speaking as a private citizen? uh i'm very curious to know what the tenor is inside of apple if there are things that have already been leaked that you can report about what the tenor is um i'd be curious to know how that's going down
2: yeah i mean I, i i obviously can't speak to things i've heard directly inside but i i don't think it's all that different than what you've heard about um you know more generally um, and especially at the, at the big companies, uh, where folks are really questioning, um, you know, what is what is my quality of life uh, in this world versus what it was in the before times, and what, what do I really value? And is you know, is taking a bus for two hours from Livermore every one way every day like yeah. really what I want to be doing with myself?
0: And, and does that make me more effective? I think people are going to be really asking. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Like, let's say you even, you only get half of that um, back as working hours uh is that you know that's probably worth it if you do the, if you do the calculus and again a very different calculus if you're you know a leaf node versus you know the top of an
0: org chart <laughs> are you do you use leaf node that also feels like attention biological leaf nodes <laughs> you are now being titrated
1: <laughs> well a lot of those leaf nodes like may live in a one bedroom apartment or whatever and trying to have
0: multiple zooms at the same time so uh,
1: the-
0: <laughs> right the old uh, working multiple jobs uh time no 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 i oh, mean
1: yo. i mean like oh you don't mean a, they've right. got a part they don't live by themselves they have multiple people in the house trying to share the
0: kitchen kitchen table oh seriously right. Yeah. right so so th- those leaf nodes that's we want to be in, in an office yeah. at one point and i'm not sure if this is but i heard this from multiple people that google was calling the the, the the movement to get people back on campus, the recall, like people are being recalled. Like uh, they're like a defective carburetor.
2: They need a better coach person.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like attention. You've been recalled. Uh, Timon, you've had your hand up for a while. Or is it Timon? Help some pronunciation. Right, sorry.
13: <laughs> no, I just want to give a quick perspective on the whole time zone issue. So like I'm, I'm in Germany. It's 3 a.m. right now for me. And I have a very, shifted biological clock like I am a night person and like this whole shift to remote work like enables me to work in my natural time. It's great for me. Like, I, I see that it, it presents an issue for a lot of people, of course, but like, for people like me, and I know a lot of engineers who have that kind of biological clock like Sorry, me. so you were uh, in especially... before this shift? Yes, like, and for me, it's a huge issue working in Germany for like traditional companies. Um, especially Germany is like you start at 8 a.m. That's like quite normal times. Um, and that, that has always been an issue for me. Like I've tried like the past 10, 11 years that I've been working in, in tech, it's it's always been kind of a struggle. Like the company I'm right now, it's kind of accepting that, but there's always like this kind of, okay, in two days, you got to get up at 7 a.m. to go to that place or something like that. So it's always been, uh, yeah, difficult to, to adjust, Myself um, to these norms and but, being but able you to must work.
1: Be,
0: yeah. you must be loving it right now, then, because you. I mean, it, it's it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's easy for you. To, I mean, it's you're, it's three in the morning there. You appear to be lucid. You can actually <laughs> very much easily work for a Pacific Time company. I mean, that must be a yeah.
13: Uh, I actually applied for OXIDE um, for that very reason. Um, it's I, I try to yeah shift from Germany to a U.S. Time zone because I live. More of a U.S. East Coast time zone than I, a German time zone.
0: So-, so he has
4: a great excuse because I'm just a giant weirdo, right? Living in Germany, you can have this very constructive reason to say, "Well, I'm I'm offset. I'm just a nice person," or you could just be weird and just <laughs> want to like work at very random times where you find your productivity in strange moments. And so, being able to have that flexibility is like this has definitely been probably the most productive four years of my life. I would say, like in the most recent times. From
0: a professional perspective, yeah, that's interesting. i mean be interested, and I, I, Twitter doesn't allow us to easily poll folks, but I would be curious for, for whom, how, for how many people is that true? I mean, it's obviously our experience has been distorted being at a startup during that period, but it has been for me. I, I mean, and in part because of circumstance, I don't have a belligerent three year old. I mean, not he's not always. Been <laughs> yeah.
12: He's not delightfully
0: always. he's delightfully belligerent. Absolutely, which, I, which is control, you know. Yeah. I, great that the, the what well, I, I he's okay. friend, which is a a may have been how i thought your treatment of my haircut was also delightful okay. um the um but I, so i think that that and if we i feel like my feeling would be very different had we were on a, a we were we remodeled our house and made it larger honestly and our house was really small before, and we had five people in 1,200 square feet and two cats and all sharing one bathroom, and it would have been brutal, I think. I don't know what we would have done had we been on that, having everyone working from home slash school from home. I think the pandemic would have unfolded really, really differently. So, and Adam, you were making this point earlier about about the leaf nodes when we were, when we were, <laughs> we were considering the leaf nodes. Some of my best friends are leaf nodes. <laughs> <Right. What>? Biological <laughs> leaf nodes.
4: I think, and the thing that I've had my hand raised for is sort of like peripheral to that, which is this idea that I think, you know, before this notion of people who were remote, it was because they had to be, or they were specialized, or they were something, right? Now we've had this gigantic global social experiment, right? And I think that one of the first things that's going to happen, we talked about the notion of meetings earlier. You know, a lot of the work that I do today, we build things sometimes, but most of the reasons that we meet with people is to talk about architecture, to talk about policy, and the re- the reality is, when I have a week full of meetings, I could recategorize 100 percent of those meetings as, you know, chalk talk conference talks for, that are just, you know, NDA driven for a company, right? And so, from that perspective, when we record content, when we're having a conversation with someone, you know, back to the notion of asynchronousness a lot of the things that we're talking about are to educate team members, to talk about different strategies for using different technologies and do different things. And that content can be leveraged to, for anyone at any time, right? I can go back to have those, those conversations. I think there's a thing that I've found in the last three years that I've been doing more and more, you know, I don't know if everyone's anyone in a previous time in their career has ever exfiltrated emails that they received because they enjoyed them so much. They like sent them off to forward them off themselves privately Right. I found more and more that like, no comment. There are, there are, exactly. There are recordings of meetings that I have like kept today because they were fantastic examples of teams working together to explain a concept, to go into an adversarial audience, to educate them, to talk about something, to discuss something that needed to happen in an educational capacity. Right. And I think, I think one of the things that I really hope that comes out of this time period is that we start to develop new vocabulary so that it's not so that like a meeting is a base abstract class that we, you know, derive new types on top of,
0: right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's interesting because, and I feel like we, I, mean, I like referring to it as content too, because certainly we do this a lot, where we've got meetings that have been recorded that we direct all new hires to, for example, that we, um it's been really useful and me there for new hires when they come on board to be able to go listen to some some past key meetings. I love the fact that we record all of our demos. I think it's great. You can go back and, and relive those or rewatch those. When we, we are creating so much content, and I do feel like the way we think about what we create at work is shifting to thinking about that as content, and... Yeah, why are we talking about all this content creation as just meetings? I think that's a good point. Like, we need a different taxonomy here. Yeah, um, I mean,
4: the other part is you're going to drive your, your corporate council crazy when they realize how much stuff you're recording. Sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah, we, we <laughs> don't know, we don't bring this up with the corporate council. Um, Wait, is this discoverable? Uh, this. So no, this, uh, this actually, and uh, this actually is a good example of the uh corporate council definitely knows that we record everything and they definitely think it's a terrible idea and we agree to disagree um because I, it is to me when yes it's obviously it's discoverable and it's like by the way uh what are you what are you talking about that you're concerned that is going to be discovered right i mean yeah, but-
10: but let's
4: let's let's be honest, because this is also a point where we've actually seen in the last two two and a half years. Listen, like I've tried to work remote for a decade. Some people on here more. The tools have been tremendously lacking, and then we've seen an yeah. evolution in the last twenty four months that has just been like incredible. I mean, M- Microsoft Teams was a garbage pail on day one compared to like <laughs> like it was a. I don't know like maybe a nuclear waste dump on day one compared to the like flaming trash pile that it is today right (laughs) and so like we can see that like really what it is is that there is now this evolution where companies are recognizing the value in which there needs to be this idea of saying hey like here's a meeting that should live in perpetuity right so that meeting should like escape audit trail in some way to survive because of its value right And that's this, these tools currently lack some of these things, but you know, who has actually been really avant-garde on a lot of like audit capacity of a lot of these kind of collaboration tools is Slack. Slack has done a ton of work in these Mm -hmm. kinds of audit spaces, right? Slack was like five or six years ago when it came to corporate audit trail and the controls that you had as a corporation over what's stored, how's it stored, what are the channels, you know, how, what do we... What do we store from private communications between parties or not and these different things? And the reality is, is that your corporate counsel and your security team need to have a dashboard that allows them to sort of go, okay, we don't want most stuff to stick around to be discoverable, right? But you do have levers that you can push because there are some meetings where, you know, you don't say the terrible stuff about haircuts that you guys apparently talk about all the time. <laughs> right, that that I would offend a lot of other people, right? That maybe that's not in the meeting that should be saved, saved forever, but it's in a couple other meetings that should fall off the cliff at some point. Hopefully, in less than twelve months from now.
0: I, I do love that in this world, my my haircut has made me as uh, like a protected class or something. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> no, I.
4: This, this is perfect. I'm always looking for good audit trail corporate council examples, and this is going in my little notebook to bring up with my, you know, the next, you know, corporate council discussion that I. Have, which is at least two or
0: three a week. they' so, you go. Jeez, oh, yeah, that's a tough existence. Um, oh no, I love my job. It's great. So I, we've hit on a bunch of topics. Lucas, did, did this go where you wanted it to go? I mean, you were I had some some hopes going into this. What are some uh, some of the points that we we've not hit? Maybe.
2: I don't know. I still I still feel like there's a really heavy emphasis on uh, remote good, in person bad. I, I feel like it's it's more nuanced than that. I'd be curious for folks to opine a little bit on what they they think they're missing and I realize I'm saying this as a full-time remote employee
1: <laughs> well I can tell you that I-, I mean even as we get into text more that it's it's even it's hard to form rapport on video chats or phone calls it's even harder in like GitHub issues to make sure that the the words you're typing are interpreted in the manner in which you intend and to build that rapport with your colleagues where if you are imprecise or if you're callous by accident that you know you don't offend that that people know hey lucas is a good person and like he had my back yeah, before, bad example so, uh, yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm grasping you know <laughs> but uh but it's it's so much you know it's or in my experience it's so much easier to build that rapport in person um yeah but if, you know and that doesn't mean over over beers or whatever that even means in the room and technical conversations where you can see if someone's getting hot and if if someone if he needs to take a different tack and that can be possible in video chat, but not always.
0: So, Adam, let me ask this though. So the I find that once I have spent time with someone in person, like our relationship kind of advances to a different level, and then it, it is easier for me to get those nuances when we get back online. Yeah,
4: I, I doubt that play out in a thirty thousand person organization.
5: Yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, you're not, in a 30,000-person I mean, organization, you're not interacting with all 30,000 people on a regular basis. You really have probably a core of a max 300 people that you actually are in your product group. And even that is a stretch, right, of, of the people think- that you actually interact with. And I think that the the big thing that we did that has been a big difference for Trello in the past two years compared to the years prior to that um, the things that we're missing out on are the in-person in the first week where p- new hires would all come out to an office. Uh, someone from their immediate team would come out and we would onboard them in person in the office, which gives them an opportunity to meet some people who are regularly in the office as well as someone on their team face-to-face and start to develop those in-person connections. And then the other piece is just this yearly get-together where we would, all come together as a team, as a, as a broader product group, and then be able to just hang out for three days and meet everyone face-to-face. This would help so much with the problems that you're talking about, where it's like you, you don't really compute that there is a human on the other side of that GitHub issue comment. They are a reasonable person. You have met them face-to-face, and you do understand that you're part of the same tribe. Um, if you've never met face-to-face, it's really hard to be able to break that wall of oh there is actually a human there you know
2: i mean this is the problem could, with social media and the internet in general right
4: i can imagine some kind of like slack or teams feature where you got to randomly hear someone else's dreads for five minutes well like, uh... just popped up on your desktop because i can't tell you how much uh, one of my favorite organizations to work with when we talk about this the notion of pilgrimage they were on agile they had a six-week cadence where every six weeks they had a week of a full week in that six weeks of planning Right. There was like this massive planning event for the whole company, right. In agile. And dur- that's when I would make my pilgrimage to their offices. Right. And during that time, I can't tell you how many times in an op- open plan office. I like stood on one end of a floor and heard the wired iframes frames from the other end of the floor and ran down to see what terrible security thing someone was about to implement you know, <laughs> into the, into the core of the product. Right. And that kind of like chaos, I think there's this chaos notion of in-person, right? There's this chaos notion of you're walking down the hall to get a coffee and someone you hear someone say something relevant to what you do, but who's someone you, a whole group, like you talk about this notion of so many people in a product group, but it's a whole product group where, you know, to, to, that was a reference to a particular conversation in which I injected myself and was like, you know, you guys should really talk to InfoSec. And okay. Hey, they went so, that's a great idea how do we do that and i said hi i'm austin from infosec <laughs> yeah right, right
0: right and so and i definitely i mean definitely i felt adam you probably felt this too on that especially on that second day i felt like a pollinating bee going around to the, the these various groups of folks that, that that were that were huddling and it was great i mean i thought and the office i felt was like I thought there was going to be a din in the office that was going to make it really unworkable, but it really wasn't. I mean, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you No, right no, right. it was it was,
1: uh, it was. sort of, I mean, the office is such that having more than one conversation isn't really possible. Yeah. Uh, like, especially through masks. Uh, like, I'm not complaining about masks, but I just mean with the very very echoey office it made it very challenging. And people were basically respectful of that or recognized that and took their sidebars, you know, elsewhere and outside and
0: other places. But so, the, the, Austin, you mentioned like this spark on the way to coffee. This is a Lucas. You are desperate for the straw man that you can assault on someone defending <laughs> the the. So, the, the, I, because this is well, kind of Brian. Thank you, thank you, One America Network. The and it, I feel that like this is the argument for like the spaceship, right? The, you've got like we've designed that these, you know, these coffee game trails are designed such that the wildlife will cross and will will, will cross pollinate the brilliant ideas how often does that happen in practice is my question
3: yeah that's my well, i think are
2: you over indexing on the water know. cooler oh sorry austin just are you over indexing on the water cooler conversation right that's what everybody yeah, talks right. about yes like, is it actually happening how many light bulbs are invented because of that yes well let's 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 talk about who
0: well uh, so hold on before that i i, I actually the, the, the like in that water cooler conversation, can you think of great moments that happened at the like literally at the physical water cooler?
4: Because
0: I—that's a terrible example. I'm
4: always no, walking to the bathroom.
7: Sure, much okay, more so,
4: embarrassing. I'm okay. always on my way to pee. And I hear a group of people I've never met before about to do something really
0: terrible and stupid, and I'm compulsive. That's how the story goes almost 100% of the time. But so, and maybe it's just a part of your job function. But like, that's not the spark of innovation. That's the spark of enforcement. I mean, that is that's like a different kind no, of. That's right. almost the opposite, of innovation. <laughs> yes. exactly the opposite no, no, of innovation.
4: I'm sorry. Listen, I'm I'm a big data engineer also who turned to security because the platforms are bad. Okay, like plenty of those things have to do with me listening to someone describe schema that is not going to scale and is going to break. Right. It's not about enforcement. It's about education. It's about being like. You're wrong, you don't know you're wrong, and you're all Dunning Kruger the crap out of this moment. I can but, hear but, you done doing Dunning Kruger as a group together. Right. But
0: but but, and, but and would, and wouldn't I it be better to stop this? Sure, but if you actually had that group actually, instead of deciding that or plotting their Dunning Krugerism adventure into what have you, wouldn't it be better if that was documented in a document that you could then see and weigh in on and be like, hey. I saw this document that you created in our centralized repository of artifacts, and yeah. hi, I'm the expert, and I can actually weigh in on this and help you not do the wrong thing. It just feels that like that's all lo-
4: super genius pre-series B, right? Sure. It,
0: yeah, I, it, but, but Adam, I got to tell you, like, I, I'm like going back through like the mental spark moments. And I feel like that one that you and I particularly had was around how to get USDT is enabled probes.
1: You know what? I, I thought you were going to go there because I, I, I had the same
0: example. And,
1: okay, wh- where were we when that happened? Uh, I think enough time has passed that we can admit that we were in Shanghai, right? Because if we invented I, it in Shanghai, I think the Chinese government owns it. <laughs>
0: We were, okay, but no, seriously, where were we? Listen,
1: I think, the Chinese oh, government I, I, wants to own it. I, I, I actually I, I think we in Shanghai, I, Shanghai, no joke, but okay. Okay,
0: I actually think I know where. I, I think I was on the phone with you in my apartment in North Valley.
1: Okay, okay, cool. Uh, were you in Shanghai? Maybe you were in well, Shanghai. Well, I definitely have a piece of paper like from a Shanghai hotel that describes the whole mechanism. <laughs> and I showed it to the patent lawyer, and he said,
0: I did not see that. <laughs> it's like but if you could please just record yourself saying that absolutely <laughs> that's, expired. that's right that's right That, that actually we, we are so goddamn old that that patent is actually going to be close to expiring yeah exactly so, it's fine it's fine it's for somebody um, but,
4: else I, but I see this kind of purpose as like staff engineers at large at the apples right there's people on here who worked at the apples who've worked at some of the, the big hosts right when like staff engineers show up in meetings, and they show up in meetings, and people don't often know why they show up in meetings, because they just felt like showing walking into a meeting, right? And their opinion was valued.
0: Yeah, I, that's called a crashing a <laughs> meeting. So Matt, you I've got Matt. It, Matt, you've worked remote for quite some time. Like I think you were on a, a call remotely. Like, what, um, what's your perspective?
12: Uh, so first off, Brian, longtime listener, first time caller. Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually had a question for for oxide and uh, Lucas, as the corporate representative of Apple. <laughs> you you talked a lot about uh, remote work and the and sort of why meeting people in person actually helps build relationships and actually makes it much easier to work with folks remotely afterwards. And I totally agree with that. One of the things I'm interested in is I feel like a lot of companies are looking at remote work as a cost savings measure. And so they're both telling people to work remotely, but also then cutting travel budget and saying, yeah, you work remotely and we don't pay for you to come visit. So as you look at it from Oxide's perspective, or Lucas, I don't know what it looks like from Apple's perspective, how do you see that evolving? As it moves to remote work, is there still a notion that companies are interested in bringing people together? Or does this become strictly a cost savings measure where if you have to fly people from point A to point B, it doesn't make sense and remote means actually remote?
0: Uh, i mean for us it's definitely not cost savings um so uh and we view it as really important to bring the team together Uh, i don't know what the cadence will be um it will you know of of the 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 quote unquote pilgrimages um getting the teams together i don't know what it's going to look like in the future i actually think that part of what made this past week really special is that there won't be another one exactly like that one we've got 50 people in the company it's it's uh, it is well below Dunbar's number, but I feel like there is at like some restaurant number. We are like right on the cusp.
1: Well, of well, not that only that, but a restaurant. Not only that, but it, it was like, I mean, it just had not happened, right? It, yes. was, it was. It was not only a return or like a a, a uh, not. I was going to say reunion, but it was not only the first gathering, but there's sort of like an air of of maybe a new era,
0: like globally. Maybe this is too optimistic. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It was, it was a very like unique and we don't know what it's going to look like going forward, but I think it is unquestionable that we will be getting people together on a regular cadence. And we view that as, as a, it's a cost. It's expensive. It definitely is expensive. Um, And, but it's worth it. And it, w- w- we, I think it actually, you know, I, I don't know, Steve dropped on the listener, but it maybe want to weigh in on this, but as we were kind of thinking of the calculus about, uh, we, we and we actually can't get through this without mentioning that we work with an HR services firm that tries to help out on things um, and can be very helpful. Um, they tried to be a little too helpful. Uh, and in particular, they wanted to organize some like offsite team building activities, which we really did not want to do. That time was too precious. Um, they went ahead and booked, and I'm not making this up. I don't think they booked a Squid Games themed escape room for us. so okay steve is gonna steve can actually attach to the, the the veracity of this and steve had to had i think had to explain to them that we are actually not interested in anything squid games theme. and by the way have you watched squid games does do it by your contractors uh, uh that's right no we the, the, we can have our uh, our well we don't yeah we don't actually it's our partners thank you not our vendors um but I, I think that we also just in general viewed that time that time together as really really precious, and trying to figure out how to balance it between socializing and the actual work product, but then not wasting any of that time on things that would take away from it.
9: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think um, not cost savings actually highly highly valuable. Like folks left the week really energized, and I think. Um, This is going to pay dividends far into the future. And yes, expensive. Thankfully, we avoided said Squid Games and Lego Team Builder exercises and a few of the other things. But um, no, I mean, just coming out of this week, it's an easy justification to go do this again in six or nine months. And um, it's high, high, high value getting
0: everyone together. So I think unquestionable that we're going to continue to do it. Um, And I think, Matt, to maybe the question of like, all right, so why is Oxide remote? Um, Because we just knew that that is is where we were going to find talent. We're going to find talent everywhere. The the Bay Area does not have, uh, far and away, does not have. And I think it was actually, it was uh, company changing for us to actually, uh, and honestly, we may in the fullness of time view the pandemic as being essential for oxide because it made us, it forced us to develop things so early that were so amenable to remote development. And then that remote development was in turn, absolutely essential. We have so many load bearing folks across the company. Um, I mean, it feels like everyone's load bearing, but in so many different geographies that we had not, had never hired out of um and honestly this is where also frankly social media made it easier to find those folks because the other question is like well how do you find the remote folks and historically matt i'd love to know your take on this you've been remote for a long time i mean you were in you're in the bay area and then remote do you feel that that bay area time was really essential um at amber or they, to kind of build that network that you could kind of build upon going to the next gig
12: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that I actually found a little bit weird, which is I've been on the East Coast now for, I think, 15 years uh, or more. um, And my network is still primarily West Coast based, which is the folks that I met in person there from engineers to VCs to everybody else are the folks that, for whatever reason, I've kept more in touch with. And so I I live just outside of Boston. It has actually a, a pretty you know, comparative to other places in the country, a pretty thriving startup scene and and technology scene. But my connections and understanding of it are quite weak as compared to everything on the West Coast. And I think it gets back to what folks were were bringing up before, where the in-person meetings and the folks that you can spend some time with and build a relationship with becomes much easier as you go remote to follow up with, as opposed to, you know, starting fully remote and getting to know people that way. So for me, it's been a challenge where, you know, I'm, Someone was talking earlier about being German time zone. I'm West Coast time zone. My day is very focused around the West Coast. I don't know a lot of folks who, who sort of experience the East Coast technology as their primary place of focus.
1: Matt, Matt I have a question, though. You, you've been remote a long time. And as we went into the pandemic and everyone became remote, did you find that, that it was sort of easier for you as everyone was remote? In particular, um, you know, I can imagine these water cooler conversations may be great for inspiration, but also exclude anyone who wasn't at the water cooler which you tautologically weren't so did you find that like fewer decisions were sort of made in invisible ways
12: um I, I think what i would say is first off like if there was any upside to the pandemic it was being a remote employee and watching everyone else have to struggle through what you'd struggle through for years <laughs> before like and i, I it's like shot i shouldn't find happiness in it but the first time I had to watch folks on the team give a tech talk remotely over Zoom when no one had their video on. Ah, uh, how's it going? I, yeah, I, like that's I don't it. understand. Like, does anyone have any idea what the hell I'm saying? Like, does everyone oh, get it? I'm welcome
6: going, to I'm my sorry. world. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah,
12: and and so like listening to people complain after that, I was like, oh, that's really hard. Like, I feel terrible for you. Yeah, like you know, welcome to the last decade. Um, so I think the pandemic actually made things easier in some respects because everybody had to suffer together and learn that being remote or when people don't mute their phone or when their microphone doesn't work, it's harder for everyone. Um, what I found in terms of the decision making is that, unfortunately, I think a lot of the folks that were local that moved remote sort of kept talking to the same set of folks. And what was harder was to convince people to, to break outside of their social circle. And social, I don't mean like, you know, friends, I mean, people that they work with on a day-to-day basis or collaborate. And I think it gets back to that notion of the, the, the people that they'd worked with previously in person and had a relationship with tended to be the people they'd reach out to and talk to when they were remote. And I, I'd say it took us at least eight to 12 months to get people to think about, hey, like, when you make a decision after a small conversation with people, send an email or write it down or let other people know or any of these things. Um, and so after a year, I think it did get better, but it, it didn't improve at the pace Adam, uh, that I had sort of hoped or expected it would.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and, me, and I feel we, we had an advantage, honestly, being in a formative stage when we were doing that. We were we didn't have to tell people to write it down because that that's kind of the culture that we were in the process of already building when the pandemic hit, which I think made a lot of that stuff easier. One of the things that we added that um, right as the pandemic hit, a couple things, one of them was a daily water cooler that is deliberately non-work-related, time-boxed conversation that is 100% optional? And some folks opt in, some folks opt out, some folks opt in some of the time and opt out some of the time.
6: So when I was at Microsoft, um, so my team was 100% on site before the pandemic. And then once the pandemic started, our manager um, uh, put an optional uh, weekly water cooler chat on the calendar so we could just yeah hang yeah spend time hanging out and chatting like we used to do in the cafeteria at lunchtime
0: yeah and i think that that that's been interesting i mean that that to kind of have that 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 daily unstructured time has been has been fun it's been allowed me to get to know the colleagues that for whom that because i think we what we found is like some people really needed that and some people really don't and that's fine because we've got you know it kind of depends on where how introverted versus extroverted versus you know how kind of important that stuff is to you but i have really appreciated the folks that are there on a regular basis i've gotten to really know at different levels and i've i've really appreciated it another thing matt that you mentioned that i think is really really important and lucas maybe this will it will really satisfy the other side of this is I really don't know how people start their careers in an all remote world. You know, you graduated from college, you're 22 years old. You know, you you get you get your dream job, and now what? Like, do I move back to my home city? I mean, so much of a part of being a young adult is that experience of moving to a new city, and you, you know, you, you you've. Um, I feel like that is it's the Tootsie shot, right? Of the from the movie Tootsie, you know, you've got that that long telephoto of of Dustin Hoffman walking in the city. I feel like that that's a really important aspect of being young in your career. And like that I don't know, like how do we deal with that? Maybe I'm being am I being fusty here? Is that not required?
1: I, that's going to be brutal. I mean, being like 21, 22 or whatever, graduating from college, starting a new job. Uh, I guess moving back with your folks, like zooming from their basement, needing to like get on someone's calendar in order to ask them your kind of dipshitty first day at work questions. It's going to be brutal.
0: Yeah. And I guess, and, yeah. Sorry,
2: I, I was just going to say one thing I've noticed, um, from folks around that age cohort that I've been working with, uh, I, no judgment here in either direction but they in general have a very different um risk assessment of covid than uh, i do or Hmm. people i know with young kids do and so i feel like a lot of those things that we all went through in our like early 20s moving somewhere and like making a friend group and going out and doing stuff like that stuff is still happening um and then other than that it's kind of like an international relocation in that um it's like you're talking to them and eventually you, they're going to get where everybody else is. And you're just kind of like, that's the target in the future that you're just kind of aiming for. Um, and it seemed okay. And again, because everybody is an equally sized rectangle on your screen, um, the, the playing field is pretty even. Um, and yeah, when we start going back to the office, I think that, that might change a little bit.
0: Well, and I wonder if like those companies, because clearly there are going to be those companies that are going to be office dominant, um, like those companies that have recalled their employees, they're gonna be clearly those companies that are not, that are remote. And it is it going to be a kind of career progression that you go work for an office dominant company for your first couple of years and then you go work for a remote company. Another
12: I I, I mean, I, I think as a boomer, you know, I'm uniquely qualified to comment on this. Um <laughs> I, I think one thing that that you how that, dare you, sir! I've, I've been surprised is that for folks who are graduating college in the pandemic, they don't know anything different. And I think if you don't know anything different, it actually makes this a lot easier. The people that it's been hardest for, I think, are actually those who were like two to three years into industry after college when the pandemic yes. hit. Yes, I did that a job. Yes, what I found is that the folks coming out of college were sort of like, "This is the world that we live in. This is what I do. This is normal," and didn't have anything to compare it to, and so figured out how to make it work. Everybody else is sort of like, oh my God, this is bizarre. I don't know what to do. And so the longer it's gone on, I think that's gotten easier. But for folks who are really just starting, I think they don't know any better. And in some sense that's made it a lot easier.
3: I
0: think you're exactly right. And I think you had people for whom the music stopped. They went to kind of first job after school. They've been there for two or three or four years. They are just beginning to maybe set some roots down in the city, but not really. And now they want to change jobs, and now they're in a remote job. I think that is a really as I said. Everyone in the pandemic had their own challenge because uh, they lost that variety of life. It clearly those with toddlers, especially delightfully. Uh, Elegant <laughs> ones um, had their own challenge. Those with with older kids had their own challenge. But those those folks living alone had their own challenge. And I, Matt, I, I totally agree. I think that that is that that is the demographic that got really really nailed. And I think it's getting its probably feet underneath it now. But I think it was a big adjustment. So I, I mean, I think the future of remote work, Matt. What, what's your take on is the future of remote work? Uh, brighter, dimmer, or the same since pre-pandemic from, from your perspective?
12: So, I mean, like Lucas, I'm here representing a big company, I guess, but I'm a private citizen. So I, for disclosure, <laughs> I work for VMware. Um,
0: Huge dickens. You are all official spokespeople so, uh, for your companies.
12: I, I, I think every company is different. What, what I've been happy about is that at least at VMware, they, they formed, as any big company would, a future of work committee um, and so, you know, like big companies do. We have process.
0: We have committees. But, uh, okay, wait a committees. minute. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Stop. Wait, this is. Are like, you on this committee? Like, yeah. First of all, this is like Adam's sharp and faster from last week that I still am still adjusting to. Um, sharp and faster. I had so many questions on. Or sharpen fast. Sharpen sharp fast. Me. Matt. Matt. Matt won the sharpen fast award, but that's a story for another space. Okay. So the the the, the, the committee to decide the future of work. I mean, clearly there's a, talk about like, what size is the table? What is the shape of the table in that room? I mean, clearly, how does that committee work? Is that a remote or is that in person?
12: I mean, first of all, Brian is the future of work committee, not the committee for future work. I Two very I'm different kidding. committees. Both <laughs> Brian, uh, this. For the future of work committee, uh, it's basically full remote. They picked a bunch of people at various levels, people who had been full-time, people who had been full remote, people who had just started and threw them in a room and said, hey, in five years, do you want to be working in an office? Do you not? What do you think work should look like? And, you know, I, I think one of the positive signs is that what came back was uh, there's no one answer for everyone and the company wants to figure out how to accommodate that. And so what the company is pushing towards is saying you, you pick, you can be fixed or if you're going to be in the office four days a week, you get a dedicated office space, pick what you want. You can be flexible where you have hotel space, you know, and there's an expectation that you come in a couple days a week, but you set your own schedule and you can be full remote Um, And depending on the job and the group, there's some constraints in terms of, you know, if you're working on fixing switches in the lab, it's hard to be full remote. But for other positions, if you're doing, you know, software development, you can pick what works best for you. And so I think the future of remote work is actually brighter today than it was prior to the pandemic in that it's way easier. We have way better tooling. People have suffered through phone calls. You know, it's still two years into it and I have to tell people mute your mic if you're not talking, but I have to say it less than I did before. and I think people have seen the value of having that flexibility. What I hope happens is that it continues in that trajectory and people don't look at it as a cost savings measure, but as a how do we hire the best talent? How do we spend the money to bring people together to get the benefit of in-person and allow remote to be successful? But it's yet to be seen.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the big upshot for anyone who is remote is. Um, of the past two years is that there are significantly more employers and significantly more opportunities that are open to people working remote than there were two years ago. And that I think is a trend that will continue just because every company is realizing what Trello worked out about five years, uh, five to 10 years ago, which was if you open up a position to allow remote, there's just a significantly larger hiring pool because not everyone lives in the city that you have your office or offices. There's just a huge amount of people who don't live in whatever major center you, you set, set your base in. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Very good point. Horace, I think you're going to have our closing thoughts here as we wrap up. Uh, what's on your mind?
7: Yeah. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, yeah. Uh, Long time <laughs> listener. First time speaker. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. I kind of just wanted to say something because I was in the demographic that was, that was spoken about a while ago where I was out of college for a couple of years and right when the pandemic hit. And yeah, I, it was pretty spot on. It was. So I graduated college, um, started at Microsoft, had an amazing onboarding experience, got a career, started realizing that college taught me nothing about how to work in industry. And so was having fun learning how to do all that stuff spent like a year in the office and then spent a year um remote during the pandemic. And then I switched jobs. And that was that was a big shock. Like even having a couple of years industry experience, you could see that it was markedly different trying to onboard uh, remo- remotely at Google versus what it was um being in person. And it's like I would I, I'm the type of person like I I loved when we were um being remote because um I'm naturally kind of introverted and uh i don't always like to be around people but i realize when it comes to tech when it comes to um getting my work done and stuff like that i did value those quote-unquote water cooler chats because it does help it 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 helps me tremendously when i can just overhear to like senior engineers or to principals just go at it arguing um or just discussing oh, something yeah. that I would never have heard that conversation if I was just remote, and they're remote, and they're just messaging each other one on one. But no, I can just listen and over here and learn so much. And that's like one of the biggest ways I learn.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And so, did you, in making that? Yeah, you say you're bright in that demographic we're talking about. In making that transition, it sounds like you were ultimately able to make it. But it's what kind of got you through it? Was it just a matter of a longer adjustment or?
7: Um, so good, the good thing is that for me, um, for at least my team at least, they onboarded a lot of persons during the pandemic. So they got good at onboarding persons during the pandemic. So yeah, like, uh, um, they had like really good docs, really good like recorded um, recordings of how our code base and stuff like that works. So there's a support structure and you have a mentor and stuff like that. But um, so it, it that definitely helped. And the fact that I already had a couple of years experience in uh, working in the big tech, that helped. But you, it could, it shouldn't. I could definitely see that it definitely wouldn't have been as hard if I was in person, and it definitely yeah. would have been more fun because, like, Google makes a big pre-pandemic Google made a big deal of like nooglers and stuff like that. Nooglers, um, right. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. So,
0: and did you? Right, so, and what were some of the onboarding things? I mean, you mentioned a couple of them, and maybe that's it, it was kind of that kind of content that was helping you get caught up. Um, and obviously, we were all getting kind of better at it as the pandemic continued. Uh, Did you, have you met your coworkers at this point? I mean, have you gotten to the point where you've been able to get back together with them?
7: Uh, So my entire team, we had like kind of a meetup last August. We were just like at the outdoors at the picnic, um, like picnic events. Anyone who wanted to show up could show up. And so most persons did. Um, That's the the one time I met them. And then Google offices have basically been open since like last summer. So you can go in if you want to. And I've been going in um, most days of the week. Um, But only like two members of my team also did that. So they're like two people that I see pretty regularly, but um, also don't work with like closely. They're not in my pod that we're working on the same project. So it's basically been, I've seen a bunch of Googlers, but not Googlers that that I would say work with on a day-to-day basis. It's just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I assume that
0: that picnic in August must have been a lot of fun to actually get with folks in a purely social setting.
7: Yeah, that was the pinnacle. August was pretty good.
0: Yeah, interesting. Well, I think that is. I know we've. This is obviously a topic that that it, a lot of us are thinking a lot about. Um, and uh, Lucas, Matt, it was great to have the old friends join us and Horace and and other newer faces. Great to hear your perspective from folks that that are working remotely. I mean, I think that remote work is is here to stay in our domain and we're going to have to figure out a way of getting the, the best of all worlds here and uh, getting some of that spark that we get by being together and not, uh, you know, having folks, especially early in their career, that don't have that opportunity. Of course, I love the way you described like overhearing that, that conversation between two senior engineers and learning so much from that. How do we create opportunities for that? While still recognizing that it's gonna, it, it, we're not all going back to the office, we're not all being recalled like defective carburetors.
7: Okay, I have never, I have not heard anyone at Google call it the recall, we just call it okay, RTO. Okay. Return to office. um, but I'm not gonna say no one at Google has ever said that, I've just never heard that. Everyone just calls okay. it RTO. I <laughs> mean, you're a speaking,
1: horse in your role as the official spokesperson for Google. All right, thank you very much for that.
0: Thank you very much, Horace. You <laughs> hey you other chickens at companies can learn something from Horace who's willing to actually speak for his company. No, that's all right. So th- that makes more sense, Horace. I th- 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 I heard maybe it was like two or three Googlers call it the recall. Maybe they were still calling it pejoratively the recall. RTO still sounds like a defective part. Uh it still sounds like an R- the part's being set back for RMA, but it, it's uh it's at least less overtly defective. <laughs> Brian, as a biological leaf node, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. I I hope you can titrate successfully. Um, with with your other with your biological superiors or whatever, Luca, Lucas. Is so I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what he calls his the uh, the, the non leaf nodes. But, um, thank you, everyone. Adam, thanks. Thank you very much. It's a, a great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Brian. This is a good topic. All right, take care, everyone. See ya.